It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week, the Federal Trade Commission is asking the public to help them protect consumers from scams related to voice cloning generated by artificial intelligence. During a recent hearing in Washington, D.C., U.S. Senator Amy Klobuchar praised the commission for tackling the problem. Recently, the husband of a member of my staff in Minnesota was targeted by a terrifying phone scam. He received a call from someone who sounded just like his son who is currently serving in the military overseas. It was a panicked voice saying, Mom, Dad, are you there? Implying he was in danger. Of course, it wasn't actually him. Scammers had used AI to clone his voice. Fortunately, my staff member and her husband knew that this wasn't really their son and hung up before the scammers could extort them for money. But if the scammers had called the grandparents, it might have been a very different story. Here in Akron, Summit County Prosecutor Sherry Bevan Walsh talked to us about it on the air recently as well. There is a scam going on now, and a friend of mine who's a judge, you know, got approached with this scam where they're calling you or texting you, and they're telling you they're with Spectrum, and they have a deal for you that they will will cover 50% of your bill for either two years or three years. But in order to do that, you have to go buy these Target gift cards, I think $500 worth of Target gift cards, and give them the pin. But I'll tell you what I thought was really scary about this scam is I was given the phone number that they're using. I called the number from my office um, on speakerphone with a couple other prosecutors in my office because we wanted to hear what it sounded like. And they had actually copied the Spectrum voicemail or, you know, the introduction, like, Mm. please hold, this is Spectrum. And these are just two examples of a growing problem outlined in more detail now by Federal Trade Commission Chair Lena Kahn. All of us at the commission have made clear that we're watching developments in AI closely. These moments of technological transition can present significant opportunity, but these AI tools in particular also pose a set of risks. And it's our job at the FTC to ensure the public continues to be protected from unlawful business practices, even when the lawbreaking is being done through the use of AI. We've also signaled that we're committed to using all of our tools, and oftentimes that will mean activating our law enforcement authorities. But in this instance, our staff came up with the creative idea to use our authority under the America Competes Act to spur new thinking and ideas for how to confront a challenge that we are now facing with voice cloning. And in some ways, this is not new. Law enforcement agencies routinely get reports of individuals and companies being defrauded by scammers that are impersonating a voice. But of course, now with voice cloning, we have the potential for these frauds and scams to be perpetuated with much more sophistication. We are already seeing reports of voice cloning being used this way. Over the last year in our consumer complaint database, we got around 165 reports of some of these frauds and scams being perpetuated through voice cloning. And that's included voice cloning enabled fake kidnapping or deep fakes of celebrities peddling fake promotions. And we know that this is just the tip of the iceberg and the problem could get much, much worse with people having little ability to tell which voices are authentic and which are AI generated. 
Next, we hear from Amrita Jayanti from the FTC's Office of Technology. Voice cloning technology is becoming increasingly sophisticated due to improvements in text-to-speech AI engines. This technology offers promise for Americans in, for example, the medical field. It offers a chance for people who may have lost their voices due to an accident or illness to speak as themselves again. But it also poses significant risk. Families and small businesses can be targeted with fraudulent extortion scams, and creative professionals, such as voice artists, can have their voices appropriated in ways that could jeopardize an artist's reputation and ability to earn income. With these threats in mind, the FTC has made it clear that we are prepared to use all of our tools to hold bad actors accountable, including law enforcement actions under the FTC Act, the telemarketing sales rule, and other authorities. In addition, the Commission is considering the adoption of a recently proposed impersonation rule that will give us additional tools to deter and halt deceptive voice cloning practices. But as you just heard from Chairman Khan, they do want to move past just law enforcement or other legal action. For more on how they'd like to do that, here's James Evans from the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection. We're asking the public to submit ideas to detect, evaluate, and monitor cloned voices. This challenge reflects the reality that while the private sector has richly rewarded development of AI-related technology, technology to mitigate potential harms is not developing as organically. Today, we're launching the Voice Cloning Challenge website at ftc.gov ftc-voice-cloning-challenge. The website has full details about the challenge, including what intervention points in the voice cloning system we're looking at. People can participate in the challenge as individuals, part of a team, or as part of a business. Participants can start brainstorming great ideas now and start working on your challenge submissions. Our submission portal will be open online from January 2nd through January 12th, 2024. After that, submissions will be evaluated by FTC staff and by an uh, expert panel of external judges. Early next year, we'll announce the winning submissions. When looking at challenge submissions, We'll be assessing three things. First, how will it work in practice? Second, how does it put responsibility on companies and minimize burden on consumers? And third, how easily can it be resilient to rapid technological change and evolving business practices? The present state of affairs in voice cloning is a lot like what we saw in the robocall context a decade ago. That's when the FTC successfully spurred innovators through challenges like this one to develop call blocking technology. Those technologies have advanced in the years since. In fact, while robocalls remain a scourge, we're proud that over the last few years, the number of robocall complaints to the FTC has steadily decreased. We hope this challenge will lead to similar successes. So what happens next? More from Amrita Jayanti. The goal of the Voice Cloning Challenge is to foster breakthrough ideas on preventing, monitoring, and evaluating malicious voice cloning. This effort may help push forward ideas to mitigate risks upstream, shielding consumers and creative professionals against the harms of voice cloning. It may also help advance ideas to mitigate risks at the consumer level. And if viable ideas do not emerge, this will send a critical and early warning to policymakers that they should consider stricter limits on the use of this technology given the problems in preventing harmful development of applications in the marketplace. Now, since this is the kind of creative challenge that could be really interesting for students pursuing degrees in areas such as computer science and cybersecurity, I talked to a couple of educators from our area about what they think about it. 
First, Associate Professor in Cybersecurity and Digital Forensics, Glenn Goh from Stark State College. I like the idea. It reminds me a little bit of when you see companies go to the community at large or the open source community and either for, you know, things such as, you know, bug fixes or, you know, look at our system and see if you can find a vulnerability in it that maybe we're missing. It's kind of akin to that where they're reaching out for that public or that open source community to do some of that work. I think it's a great idea because you're not just limited by the average company's way of tackling this. You're kind of tapping into creativity of a lot of really smart young, not always young, but young folks out there who will maybe come at it from a different angle. And I think that's a great idea. Then they'll have to synthesize what the responses are, how cost effective they are, and then see if once they've got all that, if it's something that's workable. But when I talked to Dr. John Nicholas, who was formerly with the University of Akron and is now director of the Center for Information and Communication Sciences at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana, he had a completely different take on it and some concerns. I don't think it's a small ask by any stretch of the imagination, because when you look at the criteria, you know, they want you to be able to, first of all, be able to detect voices and somehow stop the fraud, right, to detect that this is a cloning. But they also want to be able to do it in real time. And that poses to me a lot of questions as to how do you implement that? How do you implement a real-time notification to let somebody know that this is a voice clone. What they're really concerned about is like these grandparent scams and other scams where somebody calls and says, hi, this is Jimmy. I'm in a Guatemalan prison and I need $17,000 right now, you know. Right. And it would be fairly elementary-ish to be able to detect a voice that was fake because there are breadcrumbs, if you will, that will lead you to the AI part of it. But I don't know who would be listening all of the time to everybody's phone to try to intercept this and say this is voice cloning. And even if that scam was perpetrated on you or I, that moment, I mean, unless they left something in voicemail, right, then you'd have that voice. But if it's happening live telephone calls, how would the FTC or any software detect that that was cloning in a real-time phone call? And how would that be tied to the report of the consumer? So when I'm looking at this, I'm going, well, I think it's a great idea. But part of the requirement then was who should be in charge and how do you implement it? And to me, that's the big question. That's the problem with the whole thing. That was Dr. John Nicholas, director of the Center for Information and Communication Sciences at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana. And I'm Jean Destro. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.